Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in this week. I got a great episode for you. Really interesting guest with, uh, with a lot of great insights as well. But before I do that, as always, please subscribe, follow, rate, review, all the good stuff to help promote the podcast. And uh, that's really the only way for us to grow. If you want to stay up to date, please be sure to check out the newsletter. You can check that out through the Twitter profile page, or you can just go to my link tree, which has all the different links from YouTube to Spotify, to the newsletter, to how to build a podcast, how to create a podcast from scratch, a full A to Z tutorial. And that is on Gumroad, again, in the link tree. So just go to my link tree on any of the profile social media handles that I have, either Instagram or Twitter, and it's right there. All right, let me introduce this week's guest, Stu Heineke. Stu is an author. He's best known for the books, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone and Get the Meeting. He's also a cartoonist for the Wall Street Journal. And additionally, he is currently working on a book called Weeds. I mean, I actually don't know the full name because it's not released. But if you go follow him on his website, LinkedIn, all that stuff, I'm sure he'll be releasing more information on that sometime in the near future. And yeah, feel free to go check that out. We covered a lot of topics around marketing, entrepreneurship, but contact marketing as well, which uh, he kind of crystallized in my mind what that is. But we talked about how to stand out. At least for me, that's how I see it, how to stand out, how to be memorable. If you're going to approach someone, if you're going to try to get a meeting or try to get someone's time, which is a, you know, the most valuable commodity, how do you stand out from all the emails, all the DMs, all the requests that people get? So there's a lot of great tips in there and some insights. And for me, it was just how do you, how unique can you be that is still authentic to you? Don't try to be something you're not, but try to be memorable. Try to be unique. Try to stand out. You know, if they're getting 10,000 emails a day, make sure you're that one email that, that stands out and gets that attention and, and is memorable. So a lot of great topics. We talked about mentorship. He told a great story about how he met his wife. And uh, yeah, just... A lot of a lot of great things in this podcast. And one more thing, guys, if you enjoy the podcast, if you're listening week in, week out, please consider supporting the podcast. You can go through Anchor and do that. It's, you know, for the amount of a cup of coffee, you can easily support the podcast and help us be independent and grow. And uh, yeah, I would really appreciate that. All right. So without further ado, let me introduce this week's guest, Stu Heineke. Enjoy the podcast, everyone. The Genuinely Interested Podcast. How you doing, Stu? We're doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's uh, I, I I really enjoyed. It. I feel like we could have kept talking for another couple of hours just for the no. recording. <laughs> I felt like there was so much to cover, and it was a lot of fun. So I'm glad that you're uh, on the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of your. I'm new to your show, but I'm, I'm becoming a fan. I was, we were just talking about that. Yeah, it's nice so, you it's, like, say. it's a great show. Thank you so much, man. Um, all right, so maybe give a people a little bit of background for people who may not know who you are. Just uh, you know, a quick brief uh, intro. Well, I got a couple. It doesn't have to be actually that quick or brief, but it just maybe yeah. tell people you know a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Well, I have a couple of books out, and I have a new one coming out. I'm really excited about. So, the things I write about are 
Uh, well, so far, the things that are out that people know about are, are books about getting meetings. Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting because we can get meetings with just about anyone. And if you get the right meetings with the right people, man, you can really change things in your life. Yeah. So, you know, not, not only that, but also uh, if you think about it, it, getting a meeting is is about as basic as a, a necessity in life as as you can as you can get. Obviously, we have to eat and breathe, you know, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. We need water, but but if, but socially, if we're going to make things happen in our lives, we have to be able to be really good at getting meetings with people and and making those meetings count. So so those books have been a blast. Um, but I have this really crazy background because I, I have a background in my, my education is in marketing, but. Um, but I'm, I'm also a cartoonist. I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists, and already that kind of makes me kind of a kind of a wacko. I guess. <laughs> but on the other hand, it gives me a great combination of things because yeah. you know I can use the, those cartoons are like secret weapons. I can, and this, that's why I wrote those books about getting meetings. Because I discovered that if I send someone a cartoon and I personalize it, make it about them, I can get through to just about anyone. And um, so. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. I live on an island. I'm, you know, I'm in a, in a beautiful part of the country of, of the U.S., a little bit north of Seattle, but not in Seattle, thankfully. Um, I'm on an island um, that is beautiful, just pristine. Um, and it's a beautiful part of the country. How is it living on an island? Because I feel like it sounds ideal. And I actually visited yeah. like some of the surrounding areas of where you live, some of the islands in the area, which were... I mean, so idyllic. So um, it was just beautiful. I, I was just like, uh, I could, I, I, when I was there, I remember thinking to myself, I could settle here right now. It would be amazing. But yeah, I've yeah. never lived on an island and I'm sure there are some disadvantages as well. But like, what are the advantages and disadvantages? Well, I thought you lived in Manhattan. <laughs> That's an island. <laughs> it is. I live in Super it, accessible, though. Super accessible. <laughs> well, so. You know, it's kind of interesting because so I'm on Whidbey Island and um, and it's many things as you go up the island. It's this long, irregularly shaped island, about 30 miles long, but only a couple of miles wide. And it's this very oddly shaped um, island. And so you're really not far from the water, almost no matter what direction you go. If you go east or west, you're not far from the water. Yeah. And so it's either these giant Douglas fir forests or um, or farm that goes right to the edge. Well, I was going to say right to the edge of the water, really a lot of times right to the cliff's edge yeah. and then and then water. Um, so it's very dramatic. We're sur surrounded by two mountain ranges. So the, the Olympics on one side and the, the Cascades on the other, there are volcanic peaks, Rainier and Baker and so forth. And um, it's just a really stunning place. It's, this is where we're one of the places in the world where uh, where orcas live. So there are several orca pods um all kinds of things to see it's just a, it's gorgeous it's really pretty it's you probably don't want to know the underbelly of this though right i always do oh you do okay well on the other hand we we have because i mentioned to you i brought my my generator i had to bring my generator out for repair yeah so the other part of this is that we're we're right at the blast zone of of the one straight of Juan de fuca so these this weather comes in and it's it's funneled because there are, are coastal mountains so that's so oh so the two mountain ranges on both sides they kind of funneled the wind 
into the right down the strait. Yes. And, and guess what? It's at the other at the blast end of the strait, our island. So, wow. so there are times and I'm I don't want to make it sound rare. rare. We, it, like all throughout fall and winter, we get these storms that blow in and they're, they can blow like hurricanes sometimes. And so a hurricane against a, um, a forest means yeah. that some of those darn trees are going to come down. They do. And wow. so it's almost like every time we have a windstorm, the power goes out. Wow. And sometimes it's out like this. One of these recent ones, it was out for 72 hours. Wow. <laughs> like, what do you do? You you well, you run your generator and figure out how to get connectivity again because otherwise you can't work. Yeah. So, um, so it's it's like that. And man, my oh my god, some of the trees that have come down is and how close they've come to houses and so on. Whew. Yeah, man. we had. Um, I was living. I, I lived in Connecticut for a while, and I didn't know this about Connecticut, and maybe because of. <laughs> You know, the, the climate change, um, the weather patterns have kind of shifted and changed there. But it was windy, I want to say, between 50 to 70 percent of the time. To the, Like you said, trees falling on power lines. We had a tree. I was sitting in the kind of there was a little sunroom in the house. And I was sitting there one day when there was this kind of serious storm happening. And a tree fell maybe like a foot away from the house this massive branch just fell off and all these trees around were falling like you would drive the next day and you would just see carnage all around you would just see yeah. trees everywhere yeah you, you know roads were blocked so it's it's a uh, you know it's a serious thing it, it can get really serious yeah it can get really serious and, and so that that one storm where the where the power was out for 72 hours my two neighbors had some big ones come down Big wow. Douglas fir trees come down. And those things get about 120 feet tall. Yeah. They're, and they just go straight up. I think that's maybe what telephone poles are made of. But, really? but these are like, these are giant. These are big trees. Yeah. And when and they, it, man, when they come down, they're serious. So, yeah. Anyway, that's the underside. I guess it's just that. Other, I love living on an island. Um, and you mentioned Connecticut. I grew up in, in New England. So I used to, my family used to have a, a sailboat. So we would sail. Uh, we were on the Massachusetts Rhode Island border, so there are a bunch of islands. There yeah. is all the islands that come off sort of the elbow of Cape Cod, and then Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, and then the South Block Island. And um, I, I, I fell in love with islands from from all that. So I love living on an island. Yeah, you know, you can buy one. I think like in Maine and in Canada, and there's a bunch of places where you can buy an island. I mean, it's not humongous or anything, but you can buy an island for you know not not too much. Yeah, a few million. No, <laughs> no. I've seen it. I've seen for six figures. I've seen like small really? islands. Yeah, you can buy them for six figures off like the coast of Maine and a bunch of other things. But you know, again, it's it's rough, right? I don't know. Like probably there's no um, electricity connection, plumbing, all the other stuff. Yeah, there's nothing. there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. So yeah. I, you know, this. So I, I mean, this this island's perfect. I in the in the little town where I live, um, the village of of Langley is uh, it's just two blocks. So it's first street, second street. There's an alley between. It's really cool bar in the in the alley, nice. brewery bar. That's pretty cool. Um, and it's galleries and you know those shops and stuff. The but the the stores on first street on the water side 
are on stilts. They're kind of like on stilts, so almost over the water. They're not quite over the water, but but they're on stilts. So the pizzeria on on First Street has the best view I've ever seen. I mean, it's like you're a hundred feet up over the water, you know, looking out at another island. You might see whales swim by while you're having pizza. I don't know. You, you could see all kinds of stuff going on, and that so that that village. You know, and it's like turn of the century, not this century, but last century, yeah. the century before. Um, sort of storefront architecture, just really cozy, cool. I love this. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Are, anyway, are, are the stilts because of the water rising or because of the storms? They just, you know, they wanted to have no, it's, that. No, it's a, a cliff. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. They're they're built on they're built cliffside. Oh, okay. So exactly. it's pretty it's pretty dramatic. It's really cool stuff. I have to come visit. I haven't been there like a decade. So in that area and for like in like a decade. So I have to come visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. All right. All right so, so we didn't come to talk about islands, right? A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> part of it. We still haven't got a lot of time. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. And I mean, we talked a little bit before we started recording. And actually, it's, it's not even something I considered, but getting a meeting with people I would assume we're talking business. That's what everyone assumes, right? How to get a meeting with someone. I want an investor. I want to get a meeting. I want to get a job, whatever it is, right? But there's yeah. also the social aspect, right? Like if you're looking to get a date, if you're looking to, I don't know, get a new <laughs> friend, whatever it is, that's also sort of a meeting, right? It is. It's, yeah. it's, well, trying to get, it's, trying to get a, it's trying to get a person to say, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to be with you. I want to, I want to meet. I want we to collaborate somehow. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we collaborate somehow. Yeah. So maybe, you know, yeah. give people a little bit more insight uh, onto the book and, and the ideas behind it. And yeah, just. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, so just the thing is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cartoonist, right? So I've been using my cartoons my whole career to do a lot of things. And I've, I've created a lot of really um, very, very, um, well, really, I was going to say very successful. They were record-breaking marketing campaigns okay. using cartoons and personalization. So that you get a cartoon that's personalized. It's about you. Um, it's by one of the famous cartoonists from the New Yorker or, or the Wall Street Journal or something like that. And, and that's just had a great effect. I think things have changed a lot. I mean, with social media and memes, yeah. I think I think cartoons have kind of been pushed out of their their box a bit, but they're still cool. I mean, cartoons are great. Yeah. And they're funny. And, and so, uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, so I've been using cartoons my whole career to break through to people as well. And um, I mean, it, I, I, there was a campaign I did at the very, very beginning of my career that launched my business. And it was just this one campaign to about 24 people that I, I spent about a hundred bucks on and it launched my business. So you can get meetings that have great meaning, sorry, great meaning in your life. I mean, I can just really have a big effect in your life. Um, and that's also true. Well, that's true in business, of course, but it's also true it, just in life and just in general. We, we, um, we're social beings, we collaborate. I mean, if we don't, then like, if you're just alone, nothing happens. Yeah. If you can't connect with anyone, nothing happens. So I think you were kind of alluding though to my best meeting. <laughs> the most important meeting I ever had. Do do tell, please. <laughs> well, so um, yeah, as a kid in in uh, New England, I was uh, I think I was I, I was um, influenced by James Bond films and um, maybe Aqua Velva commercials yeah. and uh, and ABBA. 
<laughs> but I I just was just smitten with these beautiful blonde women from okay. from uh, from Scandinavia, and I just thought, you know, I don't I'm never going to meet someone like that here in New England. I I don't. I didn't see any anyway. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. of any. I'm never going to meet anyone like that here. So if I'm going to, if I want to meet someone like that, I'm going to have to go there. I'm going to have to spend a couple of months and shop around, <laughs> meet <laughs> really just meet people. Yeah. Thought, Man, what a great adventure this would be. So I, uh, that was my high school fantasy of like, that's so good. I've got to do this sometime. Well, now we fast forward about 15 years. I had my business going. I'm based in Beverly Hills. And, um, uh, things are going great. I'm thinking, what's next? I know, I've got to make a film out of that, out of that high school fantasy. And so um, I hired the screenwriter who wrote the original Pink Panther screenplay. Um, and we did a story treatment. And then the next step was that I was going to go to one of the Scandinavian countries with my video camera, get footage of the place and the people and maybe interview a few models or, or actresses or something or people to, so that I could come back. And st- I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so so wait, what, I'm going to go movie? back Is this make a, a video. Doc- a documentary or, or like no, no, this, this would have been just to say th- this is the video to present to <clears throat> to to present to um, investors. I see. Because I wanted to turn it into a film, a feature film. This was a pitch. And so. So, uh, sorry, this was kind of a, just a, a video for a pitch later on. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So and I've never I had never been there. So I didn't know if I had like maybe James Bond isn't a great representation of reality. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, I had to go there and find out. And so I booked a trip and about a month before I was set to go out, I saw this picture of this woman in a, in a magazine and um, and I just said, oh, my God, if I was if I was going on this fantasy for real, this is the girl I would bring home. This is wow. Who is this? Mm-hmm. God, look at her. Oh, she's just amazing. I've got to meet her. I've got to figure or or I've got to interview her. Maybe she lives in, in I was going to go to Stockholm. So maybe she lives in Stockholm. So I wrote to the magazine. I'm an insider in the magazine business. I work with a lot of magazines. So I quickly you know, got through to the right people. And I said, look, I'm working on this film project. I, I There's this picture of a model uh, in, on page whatever. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to Stockholm on, on the off chance that she lives there. Or maybe in New York, because I'm going to New York too. So um, would you put me in touch? With, I don't know if she has an agent or I don't know how this works, but would you put me in touch with someone so that I can arrange an interview? And uh, so they wrote back and said, well, her name is Charlotte. She lives in Copenhagen. We don't know if she speaks a word of English. Here's her photographer's name and number. Good luck. So uh, who do you think I called next? <laughs> right? So yeah. I called up Mikkel Anker and I said, uh, Mikkel, I, you know, I told him the whole story. And I, I said, you know, I, I, would you introduce us? And I'd like to fly her to Stockholm so I can interview her. He said, you know, look, she, this, she's, she's a little bit difficult. So she won't fly to She's not going to fly to Stockholm to meet anyone. Yeah. But um, if you change your booking to come to Copenhagen, I'll I'll, I'll interview. I mean, I'll, I'll introduce you, but I'll also uh, introduce you to a few more models. And I thought, okay, this is a great, what a great <laughs> trip! What a great yeah. meeting trip this is going to be. There's a jackpot. <laughs> yeah. So I went, and but I was just really I only had eyes for her, and I was we, we connected, and I, I, um, um, I we arranged to meet. And actually, then I then I arranged to have her give me a whole 
little tour of uh, Copenhagen that day. And so we spent the whole day together. It was, it was amazing. Wow. That was the most amazing. That's the most important meeting I ever had. I've had some great ones, mind you. But <laughs> in terms of the, the effect in my life, yeah. that's the big one. And then that became your wife. That's my wife. Yeah. She's that, my wife. Wow. That's an insane story. That's a lot of, uh, did it, you know, I don't know if I'm a little uh, jaded with the, with the, with the younger generation, but it feels like today, you know, back in the day, trying and, 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 and going after uh, another person would be looked at as romantic right? Hey, obviously there's, <laughs> there's people out there that are sketchy, but generally speaking, that would be a very romantic thing to do. And now it just seems like if you try, that's like not cool. It has to look well, easy. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of like, the, the, it could either, it could either be stalking or, yeah. or it could be pursuit. And, yeah. and so certainly you got to read the other person. I mean, if she was, if she was freaked out, by it, I wouldn't have liked, like, no wait. Listen, we don't need to do this. That's fine. Yeah. But but I also wanted to interview her because I was thinking she'd be great for the film. I mean, that she wasn't an actress, but she would be incredible for the film. So um, so there there was a good reason to meet. And 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 there was value. Here's the thing. If you're going to ask someone to meet with you. Value. Um, and, you know, I'm fo my focus is on meeting with the people who can change the scale of your business. Well, either your business or your life. Yeah. Um, but and she certainly changed the scale of my life. So um, you also have to show up with value. I mean, you can't just be saying you'd be a lot of value to me <laughs> if we met. Yeah. You've got to be bringing a lot of value to them as well. So you've got to be thinking about what what value will I bring to them and how how will I make this valuable to them? Um, so so for just going in, I'm interviewing her for a film project. So. Um, so I think that was intriguing enough that she's like, well, okay, let's give this a chance. When we spent the whole day together, um, you know, that, that was, well, it was just, I think it was the most romantic day of my life, the most romantic thing I've ever been through. You know, it was the most, one of the most amazing things <laughs> I've ever been through. And I think if you're going through that, if you're feeling that, I think that's contagious. For sure. Too. I mean, you know, what are we going through here? This is actually, it's pretty cool, but, you know. Did the movie I don't know. pan out? If I, if I was like, let's say, oh, this would be absolutely bizarre. But if, let's say, I wanted to meet Britney Spears. Okay. And my wife is not Britney Spears. I mean, she, She's uh, emancipated now. We're you talking about her. totally different people here. You know? yeah. But I'm just saying someone in the eye, uh, someone in the public eye. No, I can actually, let, let me make one, make it much more relevant. If I wanted to meet Agneta from, uh, from ABBA, well, she has a lot of fans trying to trying to connect with her. I suppose I, I assume she has a lot of fans who try to connect. I mean, they've they've got such a big footprint worldwide. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I mean, I guess at the very least, I'd be I'd have to be connecting with her to interview her, and that interview better be something that brings value to her, because otherwise, I'm wasting her time. So I wouldn't I I wouldn't be putting myself in the, her or or the other person in the position of wasting their time, asking to do something that wastes their time. Yeah. So he'll be really respectful of people's time and and um, and I guess just where are their lives. Where where are they in in their lives? What's going on? And and how is it that you have something to offer? And if you have something to offer, something that's great to offer, then man, you owe it to you and the other person to at least explore that. Um, and um, if they're open to it, 
And, uh, and, and I sort of specialized in making people open to those things. Did the movie ever pan out? No, there's no movie, but our daughter is a, is a filmmaker. So (laughs) she might, she might still make like part of the, part of it was made, was incorporated into one of her uh, films, but, but nothing, uh, nothing yet. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That's that's cool. Yeah. I mean, if if you, if you transfer that, uh, that whole idea, that whole model into today, how do you transfer that over? Because today it's, uh, you know, social media rules, numbers rule, uh, followers rule, all that stuff is, is, is the most important. Oftentimes, more often than not, if you're going to, to get a job or if you're going to try to get interviews or, or any, any real interaction with another human, they're going to be checking you online and seeing if, oh, he's got the numbers, he's got the quote unquote air quote credentials. And is it worth my time? How do I convince someone with a million followers, right? When I have, let's say, not me specifically, but a person has like 27 followers, how do I yeah. convince them to give me their time? You mean for an interview or for, I mean, like for, an interview like this, an well, editorial I, interview? It, not, not like, not, not something specific, but let's say if you're a podcaster, yeah, but if it's for um, a meeting or for it's for a pitch or for, it could be for anything, but how does someone with, you know, who's an, an unknown numbers wise get, a meeting with someone who's got, you know, seven figures and followers? Well, I think it's two things. It's, it's, um, you've got to be, I think you've got to be pretty fascinating. Okay. Um, and, and you've got to bring value. I think those are probably the two, the two uh, variables, but those, that makes it sound really boring. Actually. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like when I'm sending someone a cartoon about, I, I'm, and, and I do this a lot. I mean, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I do it a lot. I use cartoons a lot to break through. And, um, and, but, and again, they're always about the recipient. So, um, so that's kind of fun. And if I'm sending you, let's say, I mean, there's one cartoon that I love to use, although they don't love the, the circumstance, but if I'm, if I've made a proposal, I mean, I run an agency. So, yeah. so if I have made a proposal and that proposal is stalled and that's what proposals do, they get they stall. So yeah. if that happens, then I have this great cartoon that I send out. One of my cartoons, what's one of my favorites of my cartoons. So it's this guy and he's, he's, uh, he's, <clears throat> he's cradling the phone on his shoulder and he's uh, going through some papers. He's, he's, uh, cause he's looking at some papers and he's saying, Hey, listen, uh, we got your proposal and we like everything except having to pay you. So it's like, that's the problem with every proposal, <laughs> at least one. Oh, you're going to pay for it. You're going to charge me. So I, I send a, a print of this out. Maybe it's a signed print or, um, or it could be just a card even, but, and, and it goes out with a message saying, Hey, sorry, it didn't work out this time. Maybe next time. Yeah. And so it's kind of like dragging a string around the corner from a cat, I think. And, and I would say about 50% of the time that wakes them up and the proposal gets done. So, um, so, so that's, that's just, you know, I didn't just call them up and say, Hey, I'm just checking in right again. Hey, I'm just leaving you another message. Uh, it's, it's more like you really, I think you really want to have people saying on the other end of all this saying, I love the way this guy thinks, or I love the way this woman thinks, or I just love the way this person thinks. We'll put it that way. I love the way this person thinks. God, we just, we, we need this kind of thinking around here. So, so if it's audacious and um, it could be funny, should be clever, should be useful. Maybe that's the one, the big one in all caps. It's got to be useful to them and relevant 
tune to something that they just say, wow, oh my gosh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. So um, if you do that, then then that opens doors. Because again, if, if you have you caused the reaction in someone that if they're saying, oh my God, that's that's remar- that's remar- remarkable and and um, man, I love the way this person thinks, then they're gonna they're gonna want to connect with you. And, and it's not a cold call anymore. So I think I'm a big believer in doing that. Now you mentioned, you know, social media and numbers, metrics, and so I don't think people, I don't know. I don't I don't connect with someone because they have a certain number of followers. I don't even pay it. A lot of people do though. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah. So, but but what I'm saying though, is that if it's someone that I think would be a great client, let's say, or, or if, even just a great contact, I think the first thing I'll do is just probably reach out to them. And and if we're talking about, let's say, uh, on LinkedIn, the, you know, the first way that people reach out, it seems, is asking for for a connection. Yeah. And um, and you might or may or may not do that, but I think I think when you connect on LinkedIn, and it's probably true on other social media as well, but it's kind of like, you know, it doesn't have a lot of gravity to it. You know, it's not it's not a very significant act in our lives. I mean, like I log on and I, I might have 10 of these things a day that um, I'm responding to. And if they've written, if they've read my book, I'm kind of looking for something. If they're pitching, forget it. If I yeah. see a pitch coming, it's sort of, you know, under the surface. It's, it's like, I'm gonna lead you with this one, but boom, here's my pitch. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. I'm not interested in those. But but if it's someone who says, I read your book or I heard you on a podcast or, or something like that, or just, hey, I, I saw the the the, uh, the comment you made and I wanted to connect, then I connect with them. But here's the thing. It's kind of like it's about as it's about as significant an act as waving to someone going the other direction on the freeway. Right. I mean, so <laughs> I like, you're like, I like that. Come, zoom. <laughs> OK, you wave. Zoom, they're gone. Yeah. And it's then they're then you're on just oh there's another one so you wave to them and it's just sort of oh, i forgot who i wave to now and and i think that that alone is not enough to make much of a connection so so if you really want to connect with someone i, I just think you got to do more than that because ultimately what we're trying to do is just connect as humans that's really what this is it's just human to human connections and so um so if i've connected with someone on linkedin and i really want to push this further i'll probably i'll at least send them a, a dm but but it might be let's hey let's get on the phone and talk and because i think maybe we could create some mischief together i don't know but i want to i would love to explore that with you a little bit yeah. or or you know I'd, I'd love to ask you about this thing you said or something um something like that something relevant and i'm not trying to sell them anything at this point i'm just connecting with them um maybe we sell maybe we don't maybe we never sell anything to each other. Maybe he sells, maybe they sell to me. I don't know, but, but we're just, we're just connecting. I think that it it requires, um, I think it requires sort of multi-channel communication. So, so if I really wanted to connect with someone, I really wanted, and beyond that, and I really wanted to get, get their attention. Um, I would, I would send them maybe, um, I'm going to hold something up, but I'll, I'll describe it, but I might send something like this. So, Here's a, uh, it's this envelope made out of corrugated cardboard. It's actually a, a, a prototype, so you can't buy these. And it, and it has a, a window, about a two-inch square window in the front. So you can see that there's, that there's a cartoon inside. You pull it out, and there's the cartoon, and it's a card. 
and I, I've not on this one, I've not written on it, but there's, there's a card with a handwritten message that would go inside. And in the cartoon, uh, the, the, this would be for Christmas, right? So this one I'm looking at. So I'll describe it. It's, it's a scene in, a, um, in an ice hotel. I think maybe you might see in Sweden or, or Canada somewhere. You know, those hotels that are made of blocks of ice. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was a cool. So there's a bunch of people that are all hanging out at the bar. And so there's these two guys talking. Um, one of them, though, is one of them is is married and his wife is right next to him. She's looking around saucer eyed. She's looking around. She's like, who else is here? Mm-hmm. But the, the guy's speaking to, to, to this, this other guy to his other side. And he's saying, my wife here thinks these these um, these ice hotels are a great place for uh, for a, a, a Roy Ben Ben. I don't you know what Roy Ben Zivi Ben Zivi, yeah. Yeah. So for a Roy Benzivi sighting, I keep telling I keep telling her she's just as likely to spot Santa Claus. Well, if you look all the way down the bar, there's Santa. There he is. <laughs> Santa Claus. What? <laughs> but you don't you don't see him at first. It's kind of I love that cartoon for, for Christmas. Anyway, yeah. So I might send you a card like that. So it's a, it has your cartoon. I mean, sorry, it's a cartoon. It's about you. And I'd say, Ben, it was really great uh, talking to you the other day. And um, you know, gosh, we gotta find some mischief to get into. I, I think you might keep it. You might keep the card. Um, so what if someone doesn't have the capacity or ability to create a visual medium like, you know, like yourself, you have that talent you have, cause it's, 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 it's molding two things together, right? It's the ability to draw something, but it's also the ability to create a funny moment within a cartoon, which is poignant, yeah, yeah. drives a message across. And that's I'm, I'm assuming the the drawing part is the easiest part. The whole the the tough part the idea. is the idea yeah. making making the whole All thing pop off just with like a couple of lines and and, and writing the caption so it's Correct. streamlined and it gets right to the point. All of that, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but but it's when hard. someone doesn't have the the the, the that talent, right? And also today, maybe it's a little bit more difficult because for the most part, we're interacting, like you said, via DMs or emails. It's not so much a uh, send you a postcard. Type of, yeah, but um, you should. That's why. That's why how, you should. How, how do you even get people's addresses nowadays? Oh my God! It's so there's lots of ways to get addresses. Really? Um, Rocket Reach, uh, Seamless AI, and, and so on. there's. But, but those all, are e- emails, no? Uh, you can get emails. You can get all kinds of stuff. You can get contact data. Um, um, so no, it's really easy to get to get addresses. And and I'm just going to say something real quickly. That sure, sure. That because we're talking about postcards and cards right now. I, it's just a format. I'm just saying, though, that that format shows up physically with a handwritten message, and that is not what people are seeing today. And and some, like let's say the unenlightened among us, will say, "Yeah, because that's old school. Yeah, you don't do that, right?" And I, I will say, "Look, you got to do what works." Yeah, that's not old school or new school. Just use what works. What I forgot saying, you know, send what works. Use what works to to break through. So, um, and you know, by if you're by the way, if you're on social media and you're just send, sending DMs or you're just sending emails, maybe you're just sending, um, uh, you're using cadences. You think you're standing out? <laughs> do you think you're doing something unique? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. So do something unique. That's it. So, um, but you asked though. What if you don't have the ability, like, what if you aren't a cartoonist, I guess, essentially? Yeah. Um, and I was going to joke earlier and say, then just give up. But that's not really, the, that's not the deal. You know, I we, can, we talk, can wrap up the interview then. Yeah, All right, we're we're done. Thank you. <laughs> have a good day, guys. Forget it. So, um, but the thing is, and I, 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited about cartooning because I'm a cartoonist and uh, and it works so well. It's such a great device, but this is not about cartooning. It's it's because I'm, right now I'm only talking about the thing that I do, and I'm a cartoonist, so I, it reflects who I am. Um, but that but you shouldn't be trying to reflect who I am. Obviously, you should be reflecting who you are. Yeah. What do you love to do? I mean, what what is it? There might be something that you do that produces some something really really interesting. I mean, I've People have, like, I, I was talking to someone last week who sent me a, a, a leather, um, this really cool leather, I don't know what to call it. It's not a carry-all because it's a really small thing, but it carries a couple of pens and a and a, a little pad of papers. You, if you wanted to, you could just jot down notes if you didn't have your notes. Yeah. <laughs> app open on your phone. But it's this, you know, and I guess it is kind of old school. It's really cool, though. It's a nice yeah. thing. It's handmade. Um, <clears throat> so you might make things that, that you could share. You might knit, for example. Kenny Madden tells a great story about someone, uh, one of his coworkers who sent a knitted scarf to uh, to to a prospect and got a great result out of that. And she, so she started knitting things all the time for uh, people she was reaching out to. But look, the thing is, um, what we're really talking about is very small pieces of contact marketing. And contact marketing is is a micro-focused camp or uses micro-focused campaigns to connect with people of very, very high, uh, very, very high value. Usually these people are, they're high placed, high placed. I mean, they might be CEOs or C-level people. Um, mm -hmm. They are probably, uh, let's say access is, is controlled, metered or protected by assistance. Um, so you got to deal with assistance. Um, and so there are a lot of ways to do this. And so you could be sending something physical or you could, you, obviously you can use email or not email. You can use, you can use social media quite easily to connect with people still. Uh, but I just think making, using a connection or a combination of these really makes sense. And so if you were connecting with someone on LinkedIn and then, or, or Twitter or whatever, and, and then you sent them something kind of outrageous, that's kind of a cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, or, or I gotta say, you know, we're doing an interview right now. You reached out to me. It wasn't really hard to get a hold of me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this True. interview, this process, doing an doing a podcast is a great contact device. I know you know that, right? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I know you've been. I'm sure you've been noticing that you're connecting with a lot of people that you might not have connected with otherwise. For sure. And when you're doing it, you have. It's not just hey, I'd like to connect. It's hey, let's do an interview because we're now we're going to hang out for an hour, mm -hmm. right? So we get to know each other and. And that's 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 just totally different. We're, we're connecting on a human to human level, and that's what I'm saying we need to do. For me, so, it's been it's been a you know a, a crazy experience. I want to say because when I just started out, it was about a year ago, uh, maybe actually probably a little bit more. But um, I just I was like, you know what? I, I like that. I like the format. I like the idea talking to people. And like you said people who wouldn't give you 60 or 90 or 120 minutes of their time otherwise. But now when there's a format, when there's a, you know, a springboard for them to, to talk and, and to share their ideas, they're willing to come on. And I've had some amazing and, and honestly, more than the conversations I've had, like things that I've learned along the way, it's almost like a free tuition because you get to talk to all these amazing yeah. people. And if you can just you know, distill an idea or two out of each conversation. I mean, that's a massive thing. Yeah, 
Well, that's that's a lot like the process of of um, of writing a book too. Yeah. Well, let's say a business book. I don't know. I, I haven't written novels, for example, but but when you're doing a business book, well, like like how to get a meeting with anyone, or this other one that I wrote, get the meeting. Um, you're interviewing people and saying, well, when you I'm interviewing people, I'm saying when you absolutely have to get a meeting with someone who's of great importance, someone who's almost impossible to reach. Well, like, what's what's your big guns? Well, what are you? How are you doing it? What are you doing? And they share all kinds of crazy, really interesting, really clever ideas, great stories. Um, and you know, I think ultimately, I mean, so that's a theme. I'm I'm asking you know people who get meetings, how do you get them? But um, but you end up going through this discovery process together, both you as an interviewer and and the person on the who's being interviewed um you go through a discovery process and it's just an incredible thing so you're learning uh, they're getting they're gaining insights your listeners are gaining insights so it's a great thing to do i think ultimately you know i think ultimately we are offering insights we're offering we're we want to of course astonish i want to astonish people when i'm reaching out to them but but ultimately, and I mentioned though that it, there has to be value, and I think ultimately that value is probably insights. Yeah, right. I mean, if you come away with from it learning something valuable, something, or let's say at least interesting, maybe interesting and valuable. Wow, what a great gift! Yeah. So uh, these are ways that you that you end up handing value to someone or giving value to someone else is by by. Um, uh, you know, by giving them something that they 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 can walk away with and say, well, gosh, this just has value in my life. This is great. And here's an example. Actually, this is something I saw a few months ago that I just that popped in my head. Um, there's a guy, I believe his name is Henry Balcaster. I hope I'm saying it right. Shout out to Henry uh, on Twitter. And there's this podcast that's super popular. It's called My First Million uh, with Sam Parr and Sean Puri. So it's a business podcast. And he and I think they wanted to like maybe revamp the studio or set up because with COVID, everything that happened, I think they did separate studios, each in their own home. And he essentially put out and this is what he does. He does like video podcasting, audio technician, stuff like that. And he put out this really cool video saying, hey, guys. I'm going to drive over to your house, set up your whole studio, right? He did this really cool um, YouTube video and I'm going to do it all for free. And I just want to be part of the part of the my first million um, thing. And they retweeted it. It went viral. He got the job. He went and he did it. He through that. He got other jobs with other, you know, entrepreneurs. So, and now he's kind of, I think he's doing a bunch of different podcasts, but that's a great you know, it's example of doing something for free, right? Getting yeah. the exposure, getting future jobs, you know, so thinking not sprint, but marathon. Yeah, there's that. And then also, since we're talking about sort of uh, tools and mechanics of, of getting meetings, using video is great. That's a great, great, great tool. And, and especially, I, I think if you, um, if you marry it to, um, well, at least one of the ways to do this, but would be to to use Vidyard or or um, BombBomb or Loom or something like that. But mine, I use Vidyard. So um, so if you use Vidyard to send someone an e email with a video in it, if they click on the thumbnail or the link, then they end up on the Vidyard platform. That's great because then it starts it starts taking metrics. It starts measuring metrics, and yeah. uh, and so you get these real time metrics. You get to see what's happening, like. How many times does this video open? Who was it? Who was it passed along to? How long did they? How long did they watch? 
And so you can see these spikes in interest, real, real-time spikes in interest. Which is you can see all cool. the analytics. Yeah. You see that's what's cool. going on. I think that's that's just drip. That's brilliant. So yeah. what a great contact device. And so there, there's a guy named Ryan O'Hara, um, who I think is still with Lead IQ. I don't know. I, I haven't, haven't spoken to him in a few months, but Ryan is really, really brilliant at producing videos that that you just go. Man, who is this guy? I love this guy already. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who is this? <laughs> and and so um, he did one. I think the first ser- series he did was right around this time of several, not several, but a few years ago. He just decided, okay, look, we're not going to be calling people, uh, but why don't we? Why don't we come up with a new way to reach out to people? And so they um, they put together Christmas videos that were, um, but they had actually. I wouldn't even say, I was over Christmas, but but it wasn't Christmas now that I'm thinking of it. The, the theming was um, rock and roll. So, but they had this string quartet play Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> hey, and they get on and they say, hey, hey, Roy, I just wanted to give you a little gift here. I think you're a Led Zeppelin fan, perhaps, I don't know. Or, <laughs> I, I don't quite remember what they said, but, but essentially it was, it was Ryan on video saying, hey, hey, Roy, <coughs> pardon me, hey, Roy. How's it going? I'm I'm Ryan with Lead IQ, and I just want to introduce myself. But really, I didn't want to talk about business. I wanted to give you this. And then yeah. all of a sudden, there's a string quartet playing, and he just does this. Like if he wasn't doing this, he'd be on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, it's 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 personalization, but it's also how am I going to get remembered if uh, this person's getting. And, you know, someone of, of uh, someone that has half a million or a million followers, I can only imagine what their email looks like, what their DM box looks like. It's it's probably yeah. tens of thousands of unread emails. But how do I how does how do I get that person to remember me, to remember my name, to remember my face, to remember something about me? How do I not how do I separate myself from the sea of all the other people that are requesting? And everyone's got an agenda. No one's just like, you know, doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Everyone wants something. But like you said, like it has to be a shared interest. Right. It has. I also have to bring something to the table. I, don't, I can't just take. Yeah. So we know that there has to be value. And and you want them to say, I love the way you think. But I think. The one word that comes comes to my mind is audacity. Like, wow, look, look what this guy's willing to do. Wow. Chutzpah, chutzpah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh my God. So there's lots of stories that um, um Dan Walchman is a really interesting guy. He um he writes the blog um Edgy Conversations. I think he has a book out called Edgy Conversations. Um, but but his blog is really quite um quite popular. It's a sales blog. But what he does as a living is he's a he's a uh, a turnaround specialist and he's got a pretty cool process. I won't I won't belabor it. There's a nice long story, but I'm going to make it really short. Just that <laughs> he he when he finds a story of someone who's announced uh, missed earnings estimates, um, he goes to work and he has a sword made by the the prop maker who made all the swords for the movie Gladiator several oh, wow. years ago now. But um, but these beautiful swords and they're. They're engraved with the CEO's name and they're sent this beautiful wooden box with a handwritten note. Handwritten mm-hmm. notes show up a lot yeah. as as um, as elements in these campaigns that work really well. Again, I guess because it's it's contrarian. It's 
who gets handwritten notes? So, so it's a handwritten note and it says, Hey, Ben, I noticed you lost a battle recently, or the business is worn. I noticed you lost a battle recently. Just wanted to let you know if you ever need a few extra hands in battle, we've got your back. So, that sword is a visual metaphor yeah. for the value that and the audacity. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess audacity probably is as good a word as any, but the audacity that he intends to bring to the to the uh, the challenge of helping you turn your business around. And he's willing to go to war. He's willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with you and go to war with yeah. not with you, but for you, with you, you know. Um and and um and as a result, he gets a hundred percent response to those campaigns. So every one of those that he sent out, um, the CEO does get back to him. They have a conversation. That doesn't mean they always hire him, but I mean, when, when he, when he gets an, an engagement, it's, it's worth a million dollars and up. So yeah. he could spend what he spends. He spends a thousand dollars on these. So that's wow. okay. That's audacity. That's, that's really pretty cool. But, um, uh, but then I'm going to show you something. And I know this is where we'll have to describe it. It'll be the theater of the mind, but I got to show you something. Sure. Sure. So, Digital metaphors don't have to be, they don't have to be um, expensive. And you don't have to spend a thousand bucks. So what I'm holding up right now is a coffee spill. And I'll have to describe this because it's made by <clears throat> it's made by one of these these companies that makes fake food, sort of fake food. Sorry, Cops. fake food for displays, you know, for for you yeah. know, delis and so forth. So, yeah. Like, so it's just you know, it's props, right? It's kind of like kind props. of like, well. It's not there. Well, they could be perhaps they could be used in movies, but I'm saying in delis okay. and restaurants and so forth, where you see all this food lined up um, or, or maybe you see kale and things are maybe seafood is on the yeah. nested on the kale or something like that. Well, a lot of times that's fake and you can't tell or maybe maybe you can tell. I don't know. But a lot <laughs> of times those things are fake because then they don't spoil. You know, they don't have to keep replacing them. Yeah. So, but they also make these spills. So I'm holding up something that is a coffee spill. So it's a, a knocked over paper coffee cup with this, um, that is kind of hard to describe, but this spill of coffee. Yeah. Know, it just looks like hanging a, like, in the air right now, but it's It just cool. looks like a cup of coffee that coffee is just spilled and the straw is just on the bottom. Like the, fell, yeah, the, the stirring straw fell out. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's, and but it, it's completely plastic. It's completely fake. It's all plastic, but you look at it, it's ultra realistic. If I put it that is. on my desk, you'd be saying, oh my God, Stu, you just spilled your coffee. So, yeah. so this thing costs all of 14 bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, what a great visual metaphor for, let's say, loss or risk or risk management, spillage. If you're reaching, I would say 90% of B2B sales is we can help you save money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yes. Right. So, so, and you know, if you're spending more money than you should, that's spillage. Why would you spill your money? And, and just like coffee, if you spill your money, like if we, if you spilled your coffee, you're not going to, you're not going to drink it, you know, <laughs> you're going to drink it off the desk. It's gone. It's, it's spoiled. And so same thing with spilled money or, <coughs> Pardon me, it's, or other. It's, a, it's a great metaphor that you can send exactly yeah yeah awesome. and it costs you 14 bucks you know yeah even so, that seems expensive that that seems like that should be costing like five at most oh come cost. on this thing's this thing's really cool <laughs> look at that and, yeah and i think that's i think that's pretty darn cool it's so realistic so the thing is if you said that to someone and let's say you said maybe you pop a note inside and maybe you pop a, a starbucks card inside and you say 
you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to you because I, you know, I, I know a little bit about your business. I've been reading and following what you're doing. And I think I see a, a source of spillage or let's say a source of risk. Or And I'd like to talk to you about, you know, sort of like if you dropped your coffee, you wouldn't, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, other, there are much bigger sources of risk in your business that I think we should, we should talk about. I'd love to talk to you about that over a cup of coffee. So, you know, that's we can great. just do a Zoom call. Yeah. Right? And, and no, that's that, great. I think that'd be pretty cool, right? So yeah. you're not spending a thousand dollars to do it. And and just ultimately, I don't I you know, I, you can't see because this is audio, but behind me is is a whole table full of all kinds of contact devices that that um that we use to help clients get through and or just or examples of things that others have used. So going back to fake foods again, there are also you can buy lemons and you know, there's this sort of if life deals you. If life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So, yeah. I mean, you could just, there's a lot of things you can play with. But I th- I love the spills because that's something that, it's an item of fascination. Someone is going to keep that for years. They'll keep mm-hmm. it right on their desk because it's a conversation starter. It's a cool thing. It's like, you know, this, it's like a, something you might get out of a joke shop, you know, but it's, <laughs> there it is. It's a, it's a cool thing. And and you sent, if you're the sender of it, you sent it to them. I mean, you yeah. gave that to them. And I think that's a good way to show up. All right. Um, I want to cover a few more things because uh, I know we don't have too much time. Left. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think, because um, for me, I'm, 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 I'm very interested in, in trends. I, I, I love to see trends and this is not even a trend because it's, it's something that's been popular for a very long time, but why do you think self-help books are so popular? You know, and, mm. and, it's, and it's industry agnostic. I don't care if it's financials or spiritual or food or, or diets or workouts, sales. It just seems like that is the number one category in, in every bookstore or on Amazon. Like, is there, is there like this real, I don't know, thirst in people to just gain more knowledge and, and try to better themselves? Or is it something else? I would say it's a couple of things because one is... Um... Well, if you're intellectually intellectually curious, uh, and you should be, yeah. you know, I mean, like that's that's what adds so much spice to life. If you're curious about things, about how they work, or how you can maybe maybe how you can do something, how you can learn a new skill, mm-hmm. then um, I think that's that's. I mean, I think it's the smartest people out there that are doing this. It's not books. It's not that they're they're smart because they read books. Well, it is kind of that way. They, they read books because they're smart actually yeah. and they want to know more they want to learn more they want to they want to absorb as much as much um um just i don't know perspectives and and insights as, as they can and and skills as they can now this kind of leads us though to the other i have another book coming up okay that we haven't talked about it's about um weeds it's about actually about growth strategy as inspired by weeds um, and it, it comes out in May, uh, so I can't really talk too much about it. But here's the thing. The really, really interesting thing about weeds is that um, they come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, like all kinds of weeds out there. Yeah. <laughs> but they, so there's grasses, there's whole tree. On the island, there's a tree that is considered a weed. Really? <laughs> it like grows up, grows 60 feet tall, and it, and then it falls over. The damn things always fall over. So that's why it's a weed. But but they come in all shapes and sizes. But what so sorry, what because I, I thought weeds would just be like, you know, invasive grass species. They are. Yeah, they but, are. But you're saying a tree as well. Like what categorizes, yeah. I guess, a weed then? 
it's something that we it's here's here's what it is it's something that we find we humans find yeah. inconvenient that's what it is. It's like a, it's a derogatory name, I think, for okay. a plant. I think that's kind of what it is. Okay, but so we just made it up. It, it, yeah, it comes from us, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I was going to say, and this is really, this is key. So weeds come in all shapes and sizes, all forms. Um, they live on, they've covered six continents. They're not found on, on Antarctica, but otherwise they're everywhere in the world. And, and you, you would think that they do different things, but actually they all follow the same formula to, um, to grow and expand and dominate and defend their turf. And, and that is that they leverage, it's going to sound crazy, but they leverage this fierce mindset and a set of cultivated unfair advantages against collective scale. That's, mm -hmm. They all do the same thing. And so... Um, what I wanted to talk a little bit about, what I think actually makes a little bit of sense in terms of answering your question about self-help books, is that if when we look at scaling, if we look at scale, and in the book I've talked about one-to-one -one scale and multi-channel scale, and then finally collective scale. And if you, we are taught to operate at one-to-one -one scale, we're taught to be to be self-sufficient. That's that's how you. I know we connect, we've been talking about connecting, but you have to also be self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we're told from early on, first of all, actually first, the first thing that happens is we play musical chairs <laughs> and it's a rude awakening. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. There's not enough chairs in the world. Okay. <laughs> I better be proactive. But then, you know, we're told to go to school and get good grades, study hard, get good grades, go into, get, a, get into a good college. Um, and maybe go to for advanced degrees, maybe not, but eventually go and get a great job. But you know what? None of that is scalable. You can't scale. You can't have a thousand jobs. It's not scalable. So actually that one-to-one -one leverage that is that defines self-reliance self or, or uh, we'll call it self-reliance, um, that one-to-one that -one leverage actually prevent, prevents us from scaling. So the drive to reach or to read how-to books is about it's about following that one-to-one -one leverage uh, that we've been trained to do. Um, but you have to be careful because it's also a trap and it traps you into one-to-one -one leverage and you never get out. You yeah. can't scale things. You have to be thinking in terms of, you have to be thinking outside yourself as well. As an entrepreneur, we have to be self-reliant. Self I mean, supremely self-reliant, but, um, but we also have to, understand what it means to build teams and, and how how a team, the right people, um, can bring just such a wealth of and such a rounding of, of perspectives and, and abilities and, and talents that actually end up forming the pieces, the solution to the or just, you know, the solution to the problem. They, they, they are the pieces of the puzzle. And without all of the pieces, you can't put that puzzle together. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's a conundrum. Well, that's also a great segue to my final question, which is uh, mentors. How much um, weight or emphasis do you put on on mentoring and mentorships? Or, you know, is it trial by fire, fall a hundred times, get up a hundred and one times, and kind of just you know uh, learn oh, as you learn as you go? Like, yeah, it's both. It's both. It's both. It's all of that. But, but you know, we. I think. Hmm. I can't say that I have my finger on the pulse in terms of 
of a trend about mentorship, but I think we should be doing more of it, a lot more with it. And um, and I say that partly because, you know, I was kind of professionally, I was kind of raised by wolves in a sense, <laughs> because um, because my mentors early on, I, I just I just stumbled into this, luckily. Um, but when I started my my company a long time ago, I remember I was telling you we, we were creating these campaigns with cartoons and personalization. And so I brought in a lot of my heroes from cartooning. So from Playboy and from The New Yorker into my group. These are some of the best cartoonists in the world. And um, and so suddenly I get to work with them, hang out with them. And and I learned from them a lot. They didn't know that they were mentoring me, but they mentoring me, but they did. I mean, that was the most incredible, incredibly um valuable experience I, I I could imagine at that, certainly at that age as well. I, although I think we should accept mentorship throughout our lives. I mean, yeah. it's just a lifelong process of learning. And, 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 and you do that through mentorship, like hang out with the people that are your heroes the, the, or the people that are the best in the world of something. And you will definitely, it'll rub off. It's, it's just amazing. It'll get you, not only will it rub off, but, but the attitude about reaching that pinnacle will rub off. And um, and I think that's that's something that probably is lacking in today's society. I don't know. I don't want to blame, blame it on politics, but politics are certainly divisive and, and toxic. Yeah. Um, would, it would be great if we were instead focusing on helping each other, you know, yeah. less, and collaborating less. with each other, just cool, creating stuff that's just absolutely cool. Yeah. But um, but I think mentorship plays a should play a big role, and it plays a big role in a in a I think a life well lived. Well, there's that um, there's that quote, right? You are the sum total of the four or five people you spend the most amount of time with, and uh, I think I think there's some merit to that. Um, yeah, there there is, although those those people change throughout your life. Um, yeah. But you got to pay attention to that. And I will say also, I'm gonna okay, I'm, I'm gonna leak a little bit more, spill a little bit more about the weeds that I, I mentioned that the, the weed mindset, like how in the hell would a weed have a mindset? You know, they don't have brains, so yeah, there are emotions. How would they have a mindset? But they do. We can see it. When when you when you cut down a weed, when you pull a weed, watch what happens. You can almost watch it in real time. It starts rebuilding right away. I mean, these these things are they're persistent, they're they're um, aggressive and urgent and ad adaptable. They're resilient. And I think, I won't say above all, but certainly most surprisingly, I think they're optimistic. And so, um, and, and so, you know, when you, uh, I, I just, when you approach a, a challenge in life, um, that's, that's how you, you want that. You want to, you want just this solid, fierce mindset. And I think that we start out with, let's say a mindset, our, our, Let's say our mindsets, everybody's walking around with a mindset is worth a million dollars. So what are you doing with it? Because it can then be either enhanced or, or diminished by your thoughts and by who you're with and by who you, who and what you, you expose yourself to and, and um, what you find interesting and what you spend your time on and all that. So a mindset is something to be cultivated and protected. And if you have, if you have, I don't know if you have toxic people in your life, get rid of them. That's the opposite of a mentor. Yeah, exactly. But if you have people that are draining the value of, of your mindset, get them the hell out of your life. Yeah. You know, you don't need them. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, 
Stu, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us and sharing some knowledge and wisdom. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Where can people find you and your books? What are some of the best places? Um, so, so I guess a couple things. You, if you know how to spell my name, which is Stu Heinick, S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E, you can come to my author site, stuheinick.com. It's kind of a cool thing hanging there waiting for you, which is an offer of, uh, of um, a sneak peek into, into how to grow your business like a weed, but the business, sorry, the book that's coming out in May. <clears throat> so you can do that. Um, I would love to have you come in and, and join my list. That would be wonderful. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. That's kind of the other place that I'm most active. And just mention that you heard me on the, on the podcast. Awesome. And I'll be sure to, as always, put everything in the show notes, make it super easy for everyone to find Stu. And yeah, man, thank you so much. I had a blast today. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Me too. Cool. I, I, what a blast. All right, man. Take care, buddy. We'll have to do it again sometime.